Hey friend, it's David Nabinsky here in Brooklyn, here at the Portfolio Career Podcast to help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design a life that you want to live. Today's conversation is a little bit different. Um, I am often very energized and inspired by when I talk to founders that are literally building companies from scratch. And I wanted more of that kind of energy in my life, to be honest. Um, And I had some friends that are building some really cool companies. And I decided to host a podcast mixer, which is a live interactive event with a podcast recording. And thankfully got some, some of my founder friends to come and to present short stories about what they're building. Think of it kind of like a demo day. Um, so you'll hear from four founders that are building their company and what their company is about. Um, in this order, you'll hear from Aaron Cohn, who's building Real Nice, Hillary Lynn is building Curio, Lissy Alden is building Mindy, Madeline Griswold is building Dablo. After their quick company overview stories, you'll hear from Q&A from other people that are attending this podcast mixer in Brooklyn. Um, links to their companies and more are on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter, which is also on Substack called Portfolio Career. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Aaron first. <laughs> Aaron, hello. Hi, Dave. <laughs> uh, would love to hear about Real Nice. Yeah. Cool. Should I just get into it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So TLDR, I'm building Real Nice. It's the easiest, most delightful personal website builder ever made. I think, I hope. But let me back up. First of all, how many people in this room have a personal website that lives on like yourname.com or something like that? More than I thought, but still like not an, truly enough hands. Um, but here's, here's the deal. People are, getting go- people are Googling you all the time. Uh, I know this because the average person who's not that active on LinkedIn gets 800 profile views a year. And if you don't have a personal website and people Google you, they're probably going to end up on your LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is fine. But also, it only shows one side of you. It's not the actual you. So I think that everyone should have a personal website because it shows who you actually are. It makes it easy for someone who's trying to learn about you to take the first step on connection. And more than anything else, it makes good things happen for you. Uh, So there are, like, the, the next thing that usually comes up is, there's a million person. There's a million website builders out there. There's Wix, there's Squarespace, Webflow, but I've used them all. They're all a royal pain in the ass to use. They are super expensive, like 300 bucks a year, and they're not made for people. They're made for businesses. So we made something that is like Google Docs to use. It's the only one ever where you can have a custom domain connected on the free plan, and even our most expensive plan is four bucks a month. It's nothing. So the reason we built this just to just to go back a little too i used to run the selection committee for uh, a highly curated community of freelance software builders we'd have hundreds of people apply every single month and when they only had a linkedin it was pretty hard to tell who was great from who wasn't but when they had personal websites it was easy and 90 percent of the people we let in had a personal website so Personal websites just make it much more likely that good things are going to happen to you. It's like engineering a little bit of serendipity. And Real Nice is uh, just the easiest, most delightful way to build one in like 10 minutes that you can just set it and forget it. Thanks. Um, what, uh, what was the story with uh, like your first personal website? 
or or actually let's take a step back tell me a story about a time where you said like good things happen and serendipity happens if you have a personal website can you share an example of how your personal website sparked something cool yeah i so i don't know about you guys but i get intro to people all the time and usually when someone intros like aaron meet this person it's always linkedin and but they never they never find out that i uh, rent ski mountains on the side, or they never end up find out that, uh, you know, that I run these renegade pizza tours in the city. That stuff just doesn't come through in LinkedIn. Um, and I can't tell you how many people have actually become friends because they've just, they've seen something unexpected on my personal website and it's led to real genuine friendship. Also, LinkedIn doesn't give a shit if you like what your dog's name is, but on a personal website, you can have a full-ass shrine to Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> we'll have to hear about the pizza and the mountains uh, next time. But um, um, all right, let's give it up for Aaron. Um, Hillary, cool. What's up, what's up, what's up? What's up, David? Thanks for having me. So uh, let's hear a little bit about uh, Curio. All right, so I'm Hillary and one of the co-founders of Curio. And what we do is we help patients with cancer and their loved ones have a much better journey from the time of diagnosis and through treatment to the end of life. And we do this with a suite of tools that are AI enabled. So they help magically put together all of your logistical problems and sums it up in a way that makes sense for human beings. And we also do emotional support because we fully believe that that's an important part of the journey that too often gets ignored in the medical system. So everything from the health and life coaching to talk therapy. And we also have built up quite a successful protocol with ketamine assisted therapy, psychedelic assisted therapy, which results in a great deal of positive outcomes for our patients. So, and I want to talk a little bit about like why we came about this company. And really it was through my own personal experience as a doctor working with cancer patients. I saw too often that everyone just wants to fight, they want to survive. And too often, not a lot of people think about exactly why and why it feels so urgent. After all, we all understand that everybody dies and nobody wants to die when it's technically their biological time. And we all have to come to terms with that somehow in some way. But most people, when they get a cancer diagnosis, they spend all of their mental bandwidth and energy fighting that prognosis, that that diagnosis and the and the treatments and they're they're just like I will survive and at the end I will figure out what's next. Um, I think it's important for us to help a person understand that what's really behind that is figuring out what made your life worthwhile. Yes, hopefully you will live longer and come out the better for it because you've thoughtfully considered and and con like every relationship in your life and why you do the things in your life but that that's that missing piece that uh we don't get in healthcare today so huh. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um how long have you, have, have you been building this company for? It's, it's a much longer story, but <laughs> the first concept was in early pandemic, 2020, was working on Curio part-time, all by myself. I was, 
I was like, I'm making this happen. I don't need a team, a co-founder. And when you go through something and build something with passion, people come to you. And it's a much deeper uh, discussion I can get into, but that's what I found. Like I first picked up one teammate, then another. Now I have two brilliant co-founders, one who's a digital health veteran and another who is a very talented foreign big tech engineering manager, our CTO. And we have a full team of eight full-time, two part-time folks, and we're quite diverse. So I think being mission-oriented has really served us in this way. And, and then um, from 2020 to 2023, what's been the biggest uh, challenge? It's been finding our place and thinking about what really matters. And that's almost like a, a microcosm <laughs> of life. <It's, laughs> I think a lot of uh, just one example, there's just so many examples, but one example is many founders love their idea so much and their solution. And that misses the point a lot of the time. It's like, I, I go back to like, why are we doing this? And the point is to help more people live and die better. And, you know, make the world a better place because of that. And it doesn't matter exactly what the solution looks like. Like we have gone from, you know, pure group coaching to doing improv classes. Like we actually did that and it was a lot of fun in the deep pandemic. And we have done telemedical psychedelic assisted therapy, which has been magical. Like we've seen such outcomes, but for a variety of reasons, and a lot of it has to do with how do you run a business that can impact more people, we have shifted our focus to what we are doing today to better suit um, what's available and how people think about their health. So, love it. Cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Hillary. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Okay. Um, all right, Lissy, would love to hear about your company. Sure. Um, so, my name is Lissy Alden, and I have a company called Mindy, and we are a mental fitness organization. So for those of you who don't know what mental fitness is, I got you. We'll be talking about that in just a second. But I first want to talk a little bit about the problem that we solve. So mental health is a really, really important topic now that a lot of people discuss. But we talk about mental wellness at Mindy. So mental wellness are the things that often serve as a precursor to mental health issues like stress, exhaustion, burnout, self-judgment, negativity, you name it. And mental wellness has been a known issue for decades. Fun fact, stress was on the cover of Time Magazine as the number one issue of our time in 1983. And it's still on the cover of Time Magazine in 2023. And the cover of a lot of magazines. And so the problem we solve isn't necessarily mental wellness. It's this idea that the tools that we've had, and we've never had more of them, hundreds of thousands of apps in the app store, therapists, wellness coaches, you name it, they're just not working because the problem's getting worse. And so the big question we've been trying to solve is how do you work on your mind so that it works for you? And our answer is mental fitness. So here, herein lies the definition. So mental fitness is the set of behaviors that you do on a regular basis that help build wellness in your mind so that you spend less time in your lows and more time feeling good. So mental fitness, like physical fitness, requires four key elements for impact. The first is a plan, or we always like to say a model. So a model would look like, for physical fitness, running or yoga. The model helps you understand what to do and how to do it. Then you've got the plan, which is when you're going to get it done, how many days a week and where. Then you've got support. 
is it a smoothie that gets you to the gym or is it a physical person who's calling you every morning to get you the hell out of bed? And then the last is results. If you don't see and feel results, nothing else happens. So at Mindy, we see that mental fitness requires exactly the same set of ingredients. So you need a model to work out. We've got the Mindy model. It's a research-backed, step-by-step, and quantitative way that you can work on your mind. You can kind of think about it like Weight Watchers. We've got a plan. So we have these two-week coaching sprints. We match you with a live human trainer. They work with you over text three times a day. And in two weeks, we get people feeling better in just 10 minutes every day. The third thing is support. It's really, really hard to work on yourself by yourself. We're all really lonely. We've been talking about that a lot today. And so we give you a live human who can support you and a community of people who are also working on their mind too because stress is not something that you have to deal with by yourself. And last but not least, you have to see and feel results. So one of the big things missing from a lot of items in the space, we'll call it, is just this idea that you can't necessarily see and feel progress. So once we stop feeling stressed, we stop doing the behaviors that got us there. And so we're here to help provide all four elements for these things in our two-week coaching sprints in just 10 minutes a day. And the idea is you shouldn't have to do this work forever, but we make sure you don't get started alone. Woo. Um, it's, it seems like you're kind of creating... Which, which happens for a lot of times, but um, kind of creating something that doesn't really exist or it's like new, for, it's like new terminology you talked about. Um, what's been like the biggest challenge in kind of like bringing something like new to the market that like has different terminology and new vocabulary and different understanding for people? Everything. Um, No, I think it's really hard because it doesn't exist. The hardest part was really getting started because I didn't have the words for it. So now even this idea of mental fitness, which I could find in academia, was really first used in 2014. Um, When people hear it, they lean in, but then they're like, but what the hell is it? You know, and so really helping people understand that there is this thing that sits between these major mental health moments and those times that you're thriving. And it looks like pretty unsexy. It's basically habit formation, behavior change, regular wellness behaviors and mental reset like that. That's really hard. And so defining the language, helping people understand the steps to get there and then get excited about us as a brand is it's a it's a three part challenge. (laughs) Cool. All right. Thanks, Lucy. Awesome. What's up, Madeline? Hey, good to be here. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear about your company. Yeah, um, I'm Madeline. I'm the founder of Dablo. Dablo is a marketplace for in-person creative classes. And the inspiration for Dablo came from a really personal need. I moved to New York a few months ago, and when living here, got in this cycle of working an engineering job and kind of just being in the same routine of doing the same thing every day. Um, Working, working out, maybe seeing friends, but I was really missing this like fulfillment in my life. Coming from someone that had traveled a lot, I wanted to live a life where I was continually pushing myself and continually doing new things. And from talking to my friends, I realized that lots of people have these same problems. Growing up, we're surrounded by creativity. We're always learning new things. You spend a decade of your life in this learning environment where you're always learning, you're always growing, and you're always surrounded by people. You're never alone. And then after graduation, as we become adults, we get into these lives where we're working a job and sometimes maybe even working remotely, maybe sitting in a room all day, not interacting with people and kind of doing that same thing. Um, So I found that lots of young people like myself are missing this third thing in their life, missing creativity and missing learning. 
Um, so because of that, I decided to create Dablo and bring newness, bring learning back into people's lives with these in-person creative classes. So I teamed up with one of my former coworkers from an ed tech company, and for the past few months, we've been running creative classes across New York. So we partner with very skilled instructors across a wide range of backgrounds to teach these classes. So right now we have classes across improv, stand-up comedy, dance, some visual art like watercolor, collaging, writing, um, photography, cooking, a very wide range. And yeah, over the past few months, we've been running these. It's been really amazing to see the feedback and um, see the responses from people after attending these events. And yeah, the, for the rest of the summer, we're running events in New York every Tuesday and Wednesday evening. Um, and we have a website as well where you can check out all the events. What's the website? Um, <laughs> it is, it is trydablo.com. Um, Dablo with two D, two B's inspired by Dabble. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this isn't your first like marketplace company. What, what do you think is kind of like the... The secret sauce of marketplaces or, yeah, what do you kind of love about them? Yes, I do love marketplaces. <laughs> um, I built a few marketplaces. I Fundamentally, I think marketplaces tap into the really cool thing about technology and that they're using software to connect people in a way that like mutually benefits both sides. Um, so I think there's just so many cool things you can do with marketplaces to bring people together in different ways. Um, my first company was a secondhand marketplace for college students. Um, and the inspiration behind that was the fact that college students kind of throw away all these furniture, school supplies, clothes at the end of every year that people right across the street from them want. Um, so basically connecting those two sides for people to buy and sell specifically within the safety of their own campus. Um, so that was my first marketplace, and since then I've built, my background is in engineering, so I've built marketplace software for a few other startups as well before starting Dablo, and generally just love the idea of using software to bring people together. Cool. Love it. Thanks, Madeline. So we're now going to turn into like the question part, so if anyone has a question for the four people that spoke, um, just kind of raise your hand. and. I have a question for Hillary. So um, one of the things that I think a lot about is just this idea that in startup land, there's this like move fast, break things mentality, but in healthcare, don't move too fast and don't break anything. And so how do you as a founder balance that, like needing to make sure that you follow rules and also move fast at the same time? That's such an amazing question and so relevant to us because we did spend a whole year working in the psychedelic space, which is very novel and experimental to people in healthcare. And it's all about dressing it up in a way that the community understands. And that's why, I'll save you the much longer explanation, but that's why we're labeling ourselves more of a supportive oncology platform, which may sound like nothing to do with psychedelics, that's on purpose because the word psychedelics 
it was coined to be inspiring like it's a magical word like it just sounds cool like psychedelics and then healthcare people are utterly boring they don't want magic they want explainable like molecules so that's just how you talk about it with them so you just have to get in the heads of the people you're interacting with and understand like what is acceptable to them and a lot of it isn't even science like you know a lot of scientists and a lot of healthcare workers don't actually follow evidence in science like they will deny that but it's true when you watch people and how they behave they just function in a very conservative matter like inertia is the name of the game so you just have to like retrofit things almost to make it feel familiar to them so then they're like oh i get it this is just like a monitoring a certain kind of therapy or something or this is a physician visit that's coded under this cpt code and then it's like whatever so you just have to put it in a different frame so that they understand but i also just a note that because one of my co-founders is pure tech and a very talented engineer i get this all the time he's like well why don't we just you know like he'll point out like some new flashy companies like why don't we just do this like this thing based on this new thing we could just apply like software to it and it'll be great everyone will buy it and i'm like yeah but uh 0.01 of the population has money to spend or the perceived amount of money to spend on that healthcare is like you just have to like understand too that it's less about reality like lots of people have lots of money to spend on things on health and wellness but they don't want to because they're used to the insurance system so it's just a it's just perception is the uh, tldr cool love it uh could each of the founders tell us the number one thing you're looking for right now Number one thing I am looking for right now is we're exploring partnering selling to life sciences pharma companies and we're looking for anybody with experience, uh, know-how to help us sculpt our narrative in a much more tight way. We are looking for members to join our community. So we found that our happiest customers, the ones who see the biggest impact, are students, professionals who work in front of computers all day, smiling around the room and also um, new parents so if you know anyone please send them our way um, we are also looking to grow our community so our running events if anyone's interested in learning new creative things and also more on the business side looking for a head of growth at the moment I'm looking for the absolute wildest craziest growth ideas possible there I like I know that there's 800 website builders out there it's like we're not early to the market but there's still so many people that still don't have a website for some reason so we're trying to figure out the uh, silliest wackiest thing ways that we can find those people um, so we'll start with Dablo. Um, so you have a lot of experiences building different e-commerce and platform-based uh, companies. And I was wondering um, what have been the trends that you have seen when you are building a platform-based business off the ground? Um, you know, there's the harder, easier, maybe both harder and more harder side of uh, supply and demand. And what have been, you know, maybe breakthroughs or tips um, when you are building this type of like mass powered kind of company? Yeah, specifically with marketplaces, um, cold start problem is a real thing. You need both sides on the platform. Um, I've done hacky things in the past to kind of build up supply and demand. 
Um, I typically start with building the supply side because if there's no supply, there's nothing on the platform for people to buy. Um, so I've done with the second hand, the college student marketplace, I pulled postings from Facebook marketplace. Like I would ask people who post on Facebook marketplace within my school, like, can I post these items for you on our website? And I would do all the work for them. Um, and I've done similar things now with Dablo, like we're cross posting our events on Eventbrite and other things. Um, so I do think for like the super early stage growth, like hacky things like that can go a long way. Yes, um, I have a question for Erin as well. Um, so uh, in the realm of website building, um, you stress that you don't like, you know, cookie cutter ones like Wix, Squarespace, and uh, or maybe WordPress and all the other culprits. Um, and you say that, you know, your interface is very easy, like you just do a Google Form-esque type of input, input and then you can get like your unique corner of the internet, um, which I really love that idea. Um, and I was wondering if you can offer us more insight as to how you provide cust like personalization and customization at scale when the input interface is very um, generic. Yeah. You know, in some ways I do like cookie cutter websites. And oh, but I'll say this. Um, we always say we can never out Squarespace Squarespace. I think like a lot of people like look at big competitors and you just can't. But what I do think is interesting about the website building space is there's two types. There's general purpose website builders. So Squarespace, Wix, Webflow, WordPress, you make any kind of website under the sun. But when you have 8 million features and a lot of them are geared towards businesses, it makes these things harder to use. What I'm really interested in is single purpose website builders. So I'll give you a great example. Uh, there's, I have a lot of friends who I would never think would be able to make a website, except when they're getting married, they use Zola and they make one. A lot of friends who can't make a website, but they can if they're making an event, so they use Partyful. That's a single-purpose website builder. So we are a single-purpose website builder just for personal websites. And when you're single-purpose, you can get rid of all the crap, and you can just put what you need, just what's necessary. So I think a lot about general purpose versus single purpose. Okay. I have a question for Hillary, actually. Yeah, I have a very soft spot for companies that help cancer patients because I've had a family member um, who had cancer. Um, so um, you mentioned that you are seeing good um, results from whatever you guys are doing with the, uh, the supportive treatments. Um, I'm wondering, like, what are those results that you're seeing, um, if you have any data around that? Yeah, and I will put in the additional context that for a lot of people with cancer, and I'm so sorry, but also glad that you know, you've know you learned and experienced the cancer journey this way, but you'll probably understand that sense that when you are going through the cancer journey, it changes for you emotionally. In the beginning, it's a lot of logistical and informational things that you're dealing with, so it's a lot of overwhelm. You go through grief a thousand times, and then it's only at a certain lull like when you're dealing with anxiety of a recurrence or perhaps uh, end of life existential distress that's when you start thinking about emotions more directly and uh, so we have a lot of data in that emotional period because we work with uh, mental health treatments such as the coaching and the talk therapy and also ketamine assisted treatments and 
we have we use very traditional markers like we we ask phq9 questions gat7 questions and we have a magnificent like um, decrease in those scores so for those who don't know like there's like uh, mild moderate and severe and we can bring someone from severe to mild levels of anxiety and depression in a little bit over a month and that's on average so some people after a single or two sessions of ketamine assisted treatment, they'll feel so much better. And it's always the start. We don't overpromise because nothing is a magic bullet, um, but people do end up feeling better. But I started off uh, describing that timeline and journey because you treat a person dependent on where in the journey they are. Like when a person's in that beginning period of like overwhelmed with their diagnosis and their treatment plan, that's not exactly the right time for most people to undergo something like a therapeutic relationship with the psychologist or you know start something like ketamine assisted treatment so we have that very personalizable plan and program in place for people at different parts of their journey all right um let's give it up for everyone who uh, here. hey friend thank you for tuning in to this special episode of portfolio career podcast would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed Um, You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.